spot, put it in park, here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here, coming at you for episode 38 of the Free Parking Podcast, alongside my co-host, Bush. Deaver, great to see you, man. Episode 38, very exciting, and uh, and close to that 40 landmark that we're looking to achieve. Yeah, excited for that. Um, we're coming to you again in our very young career as a podcast with another topic probably our toughest to date to discuss um we've gone through like i said in the juvenile podcast we've talked about the passing of kobe bryant we've talked about the the harm and you know tragedies behind the coronavirus and now we come to you with another challenge to 2020 and a challenge that has been going well before 2020 decades and centuries ago is is what's happening in this country and kind of the the racial injustices that are that are taking place and i think that we're doing wrong as a you know kind of source of you know again we're an entertainment outlet right we love to laugh and have good times and talk about sports and all that good stuff but none of that would be possible without these men and women in the in the black community and that's why i think we have to you know kind of open with this because it's uh i'm what i said earlier this week is i'm tired of it too I'm tired of it, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing uh, around around the country. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> my exact experience with this whole situation is pretty, you know, non non impactful. However, I've been on multiple teams growing up with teammates who are in the black community, and I had a roommate for two years in college who was part of the black community, and I watched him go through things that I never thought I would ever have to go through. When he left for a party in college to go out at night, you know, he would be nervous. He'd be like, all right, well, like, how am I going to be received? You know, Delaware, while it seems like it was a great school to be a part of and um, a very diverse and accepting community. Just the other day, one of the nursing students who's currently a student put out a blog that was very very anti-black community which was which was upsetting and now i you know that made me understand you know his fears you know living in delaware and delaware you would think is like democratic states you know you're 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 all good and it's tough man and and now now i fully fully are empathetic with that situation and, and i get it from his view but you know, it's something that we've never, never had to live with. And it's, it's something we never had to experience or, yeah, mm-hmm. something we may actually never get, but just kind of listening and understanding. And I think we come from, you know, great upbringings where we've learned since the beginning to treat people how you want to be treated. And mm-hmm. one video that came out recently was, it was a college professor, I'm pretty sure the video took place back in the 90s, but it was a college professor talking about, it was a, it was a white classroom, a lecture hall, probably 100 students, and she said, Please stand up if you would like to be treated how the African-American community is treated currently in the United States. And nobody stood up. Hmm. And nobody stood up. And that's the perfect example of, like, would you want to face, you know, the injustices or prejudices or, mm-hmm. I don't know, difficulties that this this community faces on a day-in and day-out basis? And uh, the answer is no. So I think it comes down to, you know, treating people how you like to be treated. And, and you know, the other thing that hit me home during all of this and again it's nothing new to us but it's might be news to a lot of the world i think we're we come from a very you know privileged background educated background great upbringings in our family but the other one that hit home for me was we're a sports podcast man 
And there are people uh, throughout all races and ethnicities and religions that play sports and entertain us and we get to watch them be exceptional athletes night in and night out. If you if you stand with, you know, a baseball team, a football team, a hockey team, a ESPN, Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, a, a media outlet, a sports league, a team who has people of, you know, white, black, Asian, whatever the race is, and you don't support looking for equality for all those folks and, and you, you know, you prejudice people from, from, from what they look like, I don't think mm-hmm. you can support that league like don't no. don't don't watch MLB anymore don't watch the MLB anymore because you know who won the yeah. World Series you know who won the World Series in Philly in 2008 a lot of African Americans Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins one of our two favorite players so if you can if you can go on a nightly basis and watch and support the Philadelphia Phillies don't go on a daily basis and not support you know Black Lives Matter exactly and I think and I think another thing that I'd like love to talk about is police officers and cops in America in general and I think it kind of to look at the situation. One thing that hit me was there's evil in this world, man. Like there's evil. There's good and bad people. There's good and bad people on both sides of everything. Don't let evil cops or evil people portray that all cops are evil because there's a lot of cops that are out there that are great in the community. And don't portray protesters who are peacefully voicing their opinion under their First Amendment right. And it's been beautiful so far, especially in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Don't let them depict, you know, don't let rioters depict protesters. It's different. And, and right. bad cops are different than good cops. And what what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd was was vile. It was it was the purest form of, of evil. Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing, you know, the the outrage from that. But peaceful protest and that form of outrage is something that everybody should be able to get behind and you know, community policing and and good cops out there. I just don't want them you know, defamed be, be, because of because of this. Because I think the only way we're going to make it work is is everybody together. And that's I, that's my message out of it. Again, this is a tough subject to talk about, especially for two young guys in the media industry. I mean, we're we're a young podcast, but I think it was a you know a miss if we didn't talk about it. Absolutely. One thing that you just brought up that kind of got my mind jogging, where as the black community, you know, has issues with cops in America. You know, the white community faced a lot of issues with the Muslim population during 9-11, where they painted all Muslims as terrorists. And you just can't do that because terrorists were 0.01% of the population. There are bad people, and those bad people need to be condemned and, and placed in and put in their place. However, the large population of, of individuals needs to be uh, accepted and treated you know, just as fair as you want to be treated as well. Kind of what I said earlier, just about sports, you know, supporting professional sports and collegiate sports for that matter. The head coach of the Texas Longhorns football team came out with a statement today, and he kind of put into words what I've been meaning and been feeling and my emotion towards the, you know, the entire thing, what I just said earlier. And I think it depicts it a lot better. If you're going to cheer them and love them for three and a half hours on a Saturday in the fall, you better have the same feelings for them off the field because they're human beings. They deserve the same amount of respect and human rights that all of us do in this country when we agreed on the social contract to be a member of the United States of America. And I think from a sports podcast and just a human in general, that's like the biggest, I don't know, that was the one that I've been thinking since the very beginning. And, and uh, I think Herman, the head coach of Texas football, brought it up uh, this week. I couldn't agree more with it. 
So moving on into um, some lighter topics in a pretty tough week in America, we want to talk about the restart of sports. We've been covering pretty much week in and week out. Some of our favorite, you know, we've been covering week in and week out how sports are going to return post-COVID-19 outbreak world. And we have some great news to drop here from two of the major sports leagues so far. One, having a tough time. And then we're going to roll into an interview with Nick Costco, uh, former Atlantic City Blackjacks broadcaster, currently with the Big Ten Network and 247sports.com. So, Deves, I want to start with the NBA, how it was the second of the two that we're going to talk about to release its return-to-play action and schedule. But what I'm envisioning here, Deves, is a very exciting professional, what is it going to be, July Madness? July Madness, is that going to become the new hashtag, Deves? Sure, call it call it anything you'd like because I'm just excited. All 22 teams will compete within a bubble-like environment at the ESPN Wild at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Walt Disney World. Um, contact from outsiders will be limited. There will be eight regular season games to finish off the season. Then they will go into their normal 16-team playoff format. Games will start July 31st, and we're looking like ending sometime in October. So if you follow me on Twitter or you have me in a group chat, you've been hearing me talk about the sports equinox. And when we bring up the NHL, we're coming to another sports equinox here in the fall, which is kind of a bright side, a silver lining to this entire you know coronavirus pandemic, sports shutdown. You've been talking about the sports equinox for I love it weeks now, and how can you not love it as a sports podcast, especially? How does it typically work? You mind explaining that to our listeners? What a sports equinox, like how that works, and how you watch throughout the day. So there's one or two times throughout the year, whether it's the fall or it's in the springtime. Definitely in the fall is when the MLB playoffs are going on. The NHL has started and the NBA has started. Obviously, football is going on as well. So there's usually a, a Thursday or a Sunday night where all four major sports leagues are going on, NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL. And it's just a constant day of sports content. Usually two TVs are up. The DraftKings sports bet app is up. And you are just rattling off. But now it's usually very short, maybe two or three days throughout the year where it happens, a Thursday night for football, a Monday night for football, and a Sunday day for football, right? Because it only plays three days of the week. Now, we will see that happen possibly weeks in a row because we will have all four major sports playing at the same exact time if the MLB decides to come back, which we'll talk about later, as well as professional golf, which is playing well into the fall, too. And not just any professional golf, like the U.S. Open, the Masters, like big-time events. So, Diz, what you're basically telling me is that I'm going to go to the Lincoln Financial Field for a one o'clock game, come home and then watch the Sixers lose a playoff series. Correct. You'll watch the six. So you'll go to the Eagles game at one. You'll watch the Sixers lose a playoff series at, uh, let's say, seven o'clock. And then you'll see the Flyers take on somebody at 10. I don't know. Well, oh, my God. dude! The Flyers take on a West Coast team for the uh, for the cup final at 10. Oh, my goodness, dude. So speaking of the NHL, I want to talk about the, the NBA recently gave their rules and regulations. The NHL did a week ago on the restart, and I'm really excited to talk about hockey because it's a lot different than just the typical 16-team playoff format that we're seeing in the NBA. The NHL announced last week that they will come back to sports with a 24-team playoff format. Four teams from each conference have been named already top seeds where they will play a round robin. So the Flyers, the Lightning, the Bruins, and the Capitals will play a round robin for seeding before moving into a true playoff format. 
The rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference will play a series to decide who gets in from there into the typical playoff format, if that makes sense. Right, and it's a, only a five-game series, not a seven-game series for that first portion. Then it Correct. becomes a seven-game series. Then, then it becomes a traditional seven-game series. The right. NHLs are targeting more of an early August return, but excited nonetheless. They're also planning on two neutral sites. The NBA is going to the Disney World with a sports complex by themselves. The NHL is deciding on two neutral sites, one for the Eastern Conference and one for the Western Conference. The cities have already been named. There's 10 of them. One's Pittsburgh, Toronto, Chicago, uh, Davis, Dallas, West, Chicago, Dallas. I believe Boston was in, in there as well. Uh, possibly. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. So the big thing here that my prediction, I told the guys, is I think that Toronto will be the ice for the East, and I think Vegas will be the ice for the West. And my thought there is not only is the facility kind of state of the art, and um, the area is pretty centralized to the entire you know Eastern and Western side of seaboard of the United States is the practice ice that these guys will need to play on. Think about it. You're going to have about a dozen teams in one area fighting for ice time. So Toronto, obviously, Canada being, you know, hockey being the number one sport out there. They have the Air Canada Center, or now I think it's called Scotiabank Center, where the, where the games will be played, where the Maple Leafs play their primetime games. There's a minor league hockey team, probably several minor league hockey teams in a half-hour radius, and a ton of practice ice, whether it's some youth rink or where you skate on Saturday nights. So they'll have no no problem finding practice ice in Toronto. At uh, first, I was curious of why they didn't pick a market like Florida, where we're reopening quicker and sooner, and our regulations are kind of decreasing on coronavirus outbreak. The problem with Florida is they don't have the practice ice to suffice for all of these teams. Lastly, the Western Conference, I picked Vegas as the potential one. One, because of hotel rooms. All the players will be able to stay in a safe environment in one of the hotels on the Vegas Strip. And two, hockey's kind of booming in Vegas. Hockey's booming in the West in general, Arizona and, and Nevada. They've built a ton of brand new facilities for the Vegas Golden Knights and for their youth programs out there. And, and they'll have ice to, to play in Vegas. Chicago's another good pick, but I'm, I'm thinking Vegas just due to the hotel rooms and kind of the, you know, able to be sparse at night, but at the same time be back and, and ready to play hockey during the day. Yeah, so you you heard my thoughts on where I thought it was going to be. I chose Chicago and Dallas, and my justification for that is being that Chicago is like northern central United States, and Dallas is southern central United States. So we would get east and west going east going to Chicago, aka north, and the west going down to Dallas, which is south. So we have north and south instead of east and west. And I don't know. I just picture those being two solid places in Dallas. You have a ton of space to go around. You have the grapevine area, Fort Worth, Dallas. That's a gigantic metro area where there's a ton of place, ton of things to do, ton of places to stay. And then up in Chicago, one of the you know top five biggest cities in the United States could be a great spot. And there's a lot to do there too. Up in Chicago, the stadiums are really nice and the lakes are great. I mean. The other thing to talk about, regardless of where these games are played, we're going to see a ton of hockey happen fast. So mm -hmm. through the month of August and September, where the beginning rounds are going on, there's going to be a lot of hockey games to be played. And Bush, we're looking at something where they haven't come out with the TV schedule yet, but we're looking at something where we could see four hockey games a night, four NHL games a night. And I think especially on the weekends where you can move games up earlier in the day, you'll see a 12 o'clock or a 1 o'clock East Coast game They'll bounce out to the West Coast where they'll play at three or four, which is one or you know, noon or one Eastern time. Mm -hmm. You'll go noon, three, seven, ten on the East Coast. Wow. You'll go east, west, east, west. And you'll be able wow. to play four games a night. 
That's they'll crazy. Redo, they'll redo the sheet, dude. Same stadium. This the guys that are playing at twelve will also play at seven. They'll redo the sheet, be able to do warm ups, morning skate, whatever have you. I think it's gonna be a lot, especially on the weekends. It's gonna it's gonna be amazing. And then on top of that, you're gonna have four hockey games going on in September at one time. You're gonna have the NBA playoffs going on. You're gonna have the MLB hopefully restarting. You're gonna have NFL games going. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be bonkers. It, it really That's crazy. is crazy. So for the listeners out there who aren't quite familiar with hockey, typically it's only an East Coast game at seven, and as soon as that game wraps up, they send it over to the West Coast for the ten o'clock game. So having four in one day. One, the wallets are going to be hurting on DraftKings. But two, dude, what a good day to just sit back and relax, especially if we're still going to be on lockdown. Amazing. Amazing. I, I'm looking forward to it. The last four that we're going to talk about before we kick it over to the interview with Nick Costco is the MLB, who's currently in disagreements between its Players Association and the league itself. The Players Association proposed a 114-game schedule for the regular for the regular season that would stretch through October while the league is looking for an 82-game season and one of the players to take a hefty salary cut for that 82-game season. The one thing that's going to hurt here is MLB, compared to the other leagues, relies on in-arena attendance, in-stadium attendance, where the NBA and the NFL are primarily TV-driven. The MLB and the NHL need to have butts in seats to make money. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the length of the season, the MLB will hurt if fans are not into seats. So a lot of these leagues are putting out, you know, proposals, ideas, restarts without fans at first. And the MLB without fans then hurts their bottom line and what they can pay the players. I saw a couple of ones where, you know, everybody gets a certain percentage off. Then I saw one where it's kind of like the tax brackets in the United States where, the lower end players, like players that make a million dollars a year, will only get so much. But the players that make fifteen million dollars a year will get a lot more, if that makes sense. So a guy that makes a million bucks would then make five hundred thousand. A guy that makes thirty million, like Bryce Harper, will make two million. You see what I'm saying? Like it's gonna come, like it's that's not the exact factors, but it's more of like a tax bracket thing where like the more you make, the more it get it's gonna get taken away. Right. Um couple cool rules that might come out of it is a universal DH. We might see a universal DH for the first time between American and, and national leagues. And again, I think it's too early to tell because they really can't even decide on how many games and, and where it's being played, et cetera. I think it's the furthest one away, which is the crazy part because they were the ones that, you know, were launching a season. They, they, they didn't have one yet. The other teams, right. leagues already did. Right. The other thing I was thinking that this might bring about, which has been a topic of discussion for quite some time nowadays, but the digital umpire in baseball due to social distancing, are they going to bring out the digital umpire because they Very don't want three people standing around home plate? They only want two. They don't want three people hovering around home plate. I don't know. I think it would be cool. I've been the biggest advocate for the digital umpire, whether I've talked about it or not. I've always thought in my head that that, that is the way it should go. That's what we're moving to. Pitch. Okay, that's a strike, and you didn't swing at it. Pitch, okay, it was a ball, and now it's a legitimate. Dude, that's the one thing in baseball. Not Maybe not the one thing, but that's it's one of the things in baseball that is yes or no, and umpires make it cloudy, and I don't like that. It's a ball or a strike, and an umpire can call a ball a strike and vice versa and, and, and kill a game. It could kill a game. You Are we going to get into it? this right now? Do you want to get into this right now? Yeah, sure. I, let's do it. I, I think that 
it gives a human aspect to the game, man. I really do. I, I don't know if a, if a robotic... Now, again, other leagues have video replay technology. They use technology to make calls on the field, whether it's scoring a touchdown or it's a goal in hockey. But baseball, maybe it's the purest in me, kind of goes back to that's the game. And you're, you're going to get balls and strikes. It's almost like the baseball purist of, like, if somebody throws too much swag after a home run, you hit somebody the next pitch. Or, you know, th- those types of baseball, like, there's an inner monologue to that game where, like, a pitcher is working the umpire. It's like a game within the game, man. You get what I'm saying? How does a pitcher work the umpire? Just curious. So, I wasn't prepared for this argument. It's, it's, mo- it's like the umpire is going to be calling a certain game. The hitters will be working the umpire. He calls a certain game. This guy likes him high. This guy likes him low. He likes him inside, as in the umpire, right? So if a pitcher's throwing inside and he's getting balls called on him, he's got to figure it out. He's got to adjust to the adversity and start throwing outside. If he's calling him high and the hitter's like, what are you doing calling him high? Don't worry, bro. He's calling him high for the guy behind you. It's kind of just that, like, nuance to the game. (sighs) Thieves, man. So, the, tradi- so you the traditionalist me- in you is it's killing me. So you want me? Uh, how do you how do you do it, dude? Where, where is the strike zone? How how do you how do you do it from a digital strike zone? The umpire eyeballs it. It's almost like letters. It's letters, right up to right above the knees in in like you know growing up baseball letters to the knees. The problem is like Aaron Judge is six seven. Jose Altuve is five five. You tell me that the digital. Strike zone. I I don't know how it works. I I just don't know how it works. The strike zone. Correct me if I'm wrong. The strike zone is the strike zone, regardless of where that ball gets thrown. They keep that square there in the bottom right hand side of every MLB game, and it shows you where every pitch goes and whether it was a ball or a strike. The strike yeah. zone, regardless of height, regardless of whatever, you could be two foot tall. That strike zone is is the same spot because if you're two feet tall that ball gets thrown at the knees it's obviously a ball because it's too low to the plate i just think it's something everybody has to deal with and is it broken yes i i genuinely believe that this is something that is broken and needs to be fixed i think if anything's broken it's not the strike zone it's the stuff that goes out on the field the calls from the go on go on i think like you know outs at first base and tagging up and getting a guy a third i think those calls get construed more or ground rule doubles which they've you know called uh you know fan interference in the outfield they've like thrown in replays for that i think those hurt more blowing up no hitters that's what you see more than umpires behind the plate and you see that's exactly the opposite of what i was going to say i was going to say digitalize the home plate and keep the base umpires there because you still get that human aspect, and we're not going to make all replays. We're not going to slow it down to a tenth of a second to watch his foot hit the bag before the ball goes in the glove. We'll keep that human. But we're going to keep where it counts, digital and computerized, and where it matters. We're going to keep that. We're going to keep that all day. I think it's it just, matters more on the other end, man. I think it matters more on the other end. That's crazy. Let's put a poll up on Twitter, and, uh, and, and we'll decide. Yeah. But we got to get into this interview here, right? Love that. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, Nick Costco. Uh, we'd now like to welcome on Rutgers Radio play-by-play host, ESPN 97.3 host, current broadcaster for the New Jersey Flight and writer for 24-7 Sports, and former play-by-play guy for our team, RIP, the Atlantic City Blackjacks, Nick Costco. Nick, welcome on the Free Parking Podcast. 
Thanks, boys. Appreciate you guys having me on today, man. Nick, what's new? What's new in your world? What's uh, to date? I mean, twenty four seven sports is that the main uh, main project right now? Yeah, pretty much. I got that job uh, as a national news desk writer back in uh, ja- like early January. I got going towards the end of the month, and so I've been going on there about a little over three months now. Um, it's, it's it's been good. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of college stuff, uh, football, basketball. Obviously, with the whole coronavirus pandemic going on, uh, you know, there's we, we have to scrape by a little bit sometimes. And obviously, with uh, no sports going on, the broadcasting stuff is taking a back seat. I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, we're pumping out content as we. Always do uh, each and every day. Uh, great team of writers. Uh, I'm th- I was thrilled to get the job. I, I mean, I used to work at a Sirius XM in New York from a part-time basis uh, as a producer on Mad Dog Radio. But uh, once I got this job, I got, got my full-time gig. I, I work from home anyway. I know everyone's working from home right now, but right. I work before it was cool, I should say. So, it, <laughs> so it's pretty cool. I got to, you know, I, I save a lot of gas money now. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Jimmy's going to tell you all I mean, about my week uh, from last summer where I would go to New York half the week and then come back to Atlantic oh, City. I've been saving a lot of gas money for sure, but uh, it, it's been a good job. I, I mean, it's really strengthened my writing, and uh, I, I, I've been really excited about it since I joined on. It's a great team, and again, we do. Uh, I know it's, it's mostly writing, but there's podcasting departments. So who knows? Maybe in like a year or two, I'll be moving up and doing more stuff for them. It's, just, it's a great company to grow to grow with for sure. For sure. What's a what's a hot article everybody should check out? Let's link one in our in our bio. What's a hot one recently you put out that uh, I'm on? Maybe uh, maybe your hot take in, included or t- no? We're, we're we're pretty much straight up. I think uh, I, I to, I'd have to move up the ranks a little bit before I start. Okay. Uh, Growing out takes left and right. right. <laughs> Um, I think uh, what you should check out, I just put it up. Um, it's going to spread on all of, all of our uh, Facebook pages and team Facebook pages um, on fr- uh, tomorrow, actually. But uh, it's up now. I, um, so I'm a Big Ten guy. So I'm a Rutgers guy. Yep. I know Rutgers is new to the Big Ten, but I'm a, I'm a huge Big Ten guy. So I actually I polled all of our Big Ten publishers from our 24-7 site, you know, from Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, all, all those schools. Uh, I pulled them all, and I got their favorite memory of covering the team and their f- um, favorite players. So fondest memory and favorite players. So that's Very like cool. the big project. That, that was the big project I was working on for the past, like, pretty much month at this point, uh, getting all of them in there. So it's a, it's a pretty cool, like, retrospective in the time where, like, obviously there's not, not much going on. So it's a nice Please little retrospective yeah. for the Big Ten, yeah. Cool. Very cool. What uh, what sport is it across all sports in the Big Ten? Yeah, it could be, yeah, it could be anything. I I I I specifically asked for pretty much anything, but of course I got responses from football and basketball. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty sure. much it. I mean, sure. I'm, a, I'm I'm a wrestling guy. I wrestled in high school and college, so I was hoping for me like Iowa would give me like a wrestling story, but like nah, they they stuck. Everyone stuck to football and basketball, but no, it's still pretty cool stuff. It, it, it's it's great stuff, especially since um. Uh, the Rutgers publisher Bobby Darren, who I reached out to, uh, I, I know him just from my time up there as well, and he gave me a, a memory from my freshman year, just a little, little, little preview to the article. He gave me uh, his fondest memory was when Rutgers beat Michigan for the first Big Ten win in uh, school history yeah. when they first joined the conference, and I was in the stands as a freshman that year, and I got to rush the field, so I was like, oh yes, I knew he was going to pick that one. So that, that was that was that was a good one for sure. That was a dig at me. I'm a, I'm a huge actually Big Ten guy as well. I'm a Michigan fan. Uh, no, no real connection. Yeah, I, I always respected Michigan until Rutgers started playing. Now I'm just like, all right, we, 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 we have to be rival now. They're, they're yeah, somewhat exactly, rival. Yeah. I uh, I didn't have a chance this year. Uh, had some access to Rutgers football tickets. Michigan wasn't in town this year. They played them away, but we got to see right. Ohio State at Michigan this year, um, which was a pretty was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, at, at Rutgers, uh, that was a fun little trip. Um, saw what are we what were we talking about before we saw how many how many. Draft picks were yeah, we were talking about the, the NFL draft and how that that game was almost like a preview for the NFL draft. I mean, Rutgers Rutgers put up a fight that game. 
later on, the very yeah, beginning, okay, the yeah. very beginning was tough. It was. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to humor me. I'm going to run through it, man. The sequence it was really, I know, I know. The sequence was, I'm pretty sure it was like, Rutgers received the opening kickoff. It was interception returned for a touchdown. Rutgers kicked off again, four and out, touchdown by Ohio State again, like in two plays. And then like a fumble or another. It was, it, it was just a blood Yeah. Break. Yeah. I, I think since they joined the Big Ten, the worst team to play for Rutgers, like within the conference, has been Ohio State. They've never been close to Ohio State. Obviously, they've beaten Michigan. Not many people have, yeah. You know, I, I, exactly. I mean, uh, when you have Justin Fields back there throwing the football, it's tough to stop anybody. But the, the only teams they've ever been close with, I mean, they've beaten Michigan before. Um, they were close to Michigan State. I, mean, I think it was my sophomore year. It was, our, it was our blackout game, and they nearly knocked them off when Michigan State was number four. They almost beat them uh, the past two years as well, especially on the road the one year. I think it was this past year or the year before. They almost beat them on the road. Penn State, they, they almost beat my freshman year. They should have. They didn't, you know, throw, you know, there weren't five interceptions. And then pretty much everybody else, they've been close or beaten with them. It, it's been a rough ride, but, you know, Greg Shiano's back. So I'm going to be a big fan, and, you know, they'll, they'll be back in a couple of years. I mean, if they go six and six in three years from now, I don't care. Just make a bowl game. Yeah. We'll, we'll, Rutgers will be back, though, from, from a competitive standpoint, from, from, for at least football. And hopefully he, he can keep, get, keep the recruiting in New Jersey, right? Like, there's a ton of hot talent coming out of Jersey. Great job, yeah. Keep them in the state, right? I mean. And- oh, yeah. And that's, that, that's one of the beauties of my job. I, mean, I always pay attention to Rutgers recruiting anyway, but now I get more of that recruiting um, look from around the country because I'm focused on so much college football and basketball and recruiting. So, I see now even closer, you know, we obviously use our, we use our 24 uh, seven sports composite where we, you know, three star, four star, five star, mm-hmm. and their rating, how they're ranked in each state around the country and by position. So we do all that. And I look all these guys up that he's uh, either getting to transfer income in the Rutgers or getting to flip their commitments or just getting a commitment out of nowhere. You know, most of them are three stars. I'll get the occasional four star this year, but I mean, I'll tell you what, he's just, he's been doing a heck of a job for what he's had to do on the fly since I think it was uh, late November, early December, he got hired. And then now with the whole pandemic, it's just like, all right, you have to work extra hard to get these guys basically virtual. You can't go meet with them. So he's doing a heck of a job and I'm excited. Uh, as long as we have football in the, in the fall, which we will, I'm excited for that. And then, you know, year or two from now, it's going to be a uh, Rutgers football, be back to where it was in the, in uh, Shiano's heyday, I say. Cool. So let's go back to the beginning. We've been talking Rutgers a little bit. Is Rutgers wrestling play by play where you got your start? Yeah, so um, I joined the student radio station when I was a sophomore in college. That was 20, that was basically September of 2015. Um, so back then you had to like, you know, get, you had to get uh, board certified. You had to do some uh, demos and produce a lot before yeah. you got on to a play-by-play call. So um, yeah, actually my first college play-by-play broadcast was a wrestling match. Um, I actually, the station had never done wrestling before until – I got there. I knew the team was good. I was a wrestler myself. Um, I joined our club team in college. I eventually ended up, I was, I was eventually the president of our club team in college. So I ran all that. I was, I got close to the team as the years went on. But when I first joined the station, I said, look, these guys are good. Probably the best team, uh, best sport in the school right now, besides, you know, women's soccer, we, we covered soccer. I was like, why don't I know wrestling? I'm going to be here for a couple of years. Why don't we try it out? See what it's like on the radio? Because yeah. You don't really hear that. I mean, the, the, the big schools like you know, Iowa, Penn State, they have professional guys for their wrestling radio. Um, Ohio State, they had it at, at one point as well. A couple – Oklahoma State has it as well. Um, so I proposed that, and then our broadcast administrator, Mike, he was on board with it. 
um, our sports director at the time, Dylan, he was two years older than me, still a good friend of mine uh, to this day. He wrestled a little bit when he was younger. So he's like, All right, I know some of it too. And then my other friend, Mike, who I got, who is one of my best friends now, he um, also wrestled in high school, briefly wrestled for our club teams, just a couple, a couple practices uh, during our freshman year. So I met him again through the station. So basically the three of us ended up becoming like the wrestling uh, broadcast team. My sophomore year, I broadcasted with Dylan for my first call ever. It was Rutgers, Michigan State. I, I still remember this. I think it was late. This, I think it was early January of 2016. That was my first call. It was a wrestling call. I wasn't technically board certified yet, but, but they were like, let's test out wrestling. So I was like, all right, cool. They shut out Michigan State, which you don't see many rest, shutouts in uh, college wrestling. So yeah. that was awesome. Uh, then Mike and I did a match later in the year against Michigan. where they lo- Michigan was great this year. They lost. Mike and I had to do it on a cell phone because the equipment we, we, we had to go to our th- basically our third string equipment because like there was two basketball games, so they were on the road. And then Mike and I had to use this thing called a blue box. It was like a very old piece of equipment. It wasn't working for some reason in the arena, so we had to broadcast the match on a cell phone. And I'll never forget that because I, I still have the audio file somehow on my computer, and I listen back to it once in a while. I'm like, wow, we, we know what we're talking about, and it does not sound as crappy as I remembered <laughs> as it's sounding. And then uh, that was the last match we did that year. But we ended up, I said to our broadcast administrator, Mike, I was like, look, how about we do the tournament? It's at Madison Square Garden, NCAAs. Rutgers actually qualified all 10 guys that year. So I was like, why don't we do the tournament? This will be a nice little experiment for next year. Mike and I are coming back. We're going to be juniors next year. Like, we want to do this. Mike was like, okay, okay, cool. So we set that up. It was a trial run, trial by fire at that point. But we did all three, all three days at the NCAA tournament at Madison Square Garden. Um, which was the coolest experience ever. I got, you know, brought your broadcasting, you're broadcasting an MSG. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a college sophomore. I'm broadcasting wrestling an MSG. So that's how it started. And then Mike and I, um, my buddy, Mike Antoshowitz, we built it from there, did better as a ju- as juniors. And then our senior year, that's where we really blossomed with the team and the broadcasting. We broadcast all the home matches, went to a couple road matches, and we broadcasted the subsequent Big Ten and NCAA wrestling tournaments. So I did wrestling in college um, for broadcasting. But I broadcast everything, you know, football, basketball, soccer, uh, lacrosse, um, baseball, too. So I, I basically did everything. That's how I got, but I got my start with wrestling, even though everyone wants to do football. That's what I wanted to do, but I got the idea to do wrestling, and it just grew from there. So I was able to basically do everything. And then doing wrestling play-by-play play on the radio in college led to me doing uh, Big Ten Network Plus for uh, Rutgers on like you know our, our TV stream for our home matches that weren't on regular Big Ten networks. So that's what led me to do that um, the year after I graduated and also this past year. Awesome, awesome. So the Big Ten Network Plus is that still is that still running? Are you still uh, doing the Big Ten, Ten Network yep. Plus? Yeah, yeah. So I um, so I mainly I mainly do wrestling. I do the color analysis for. Um, I go I, I broadcast with this guy uh, Lou Brogno. He's been there for a long time. He's our play-by-play guy for pretty much all the sports on BTM Plus for Rutgers. So him and I do the wrestling. Um, I did a basketball game this year with him as well. It was like, you know, Rutgers was playing some kind of D2 team, like middle of like Gen- just December or something. So I got to do that as well. But I mainly, I mainly do the um, wrestling. I'll do some other stuff as well, you know, with basketball's open. Um, I was going to do some baseball and softball this year, but of course, due to the whole pandemic, right. the entire spring season was wiped out. So that that kind of got thrown off, thrown out the window. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm basically like, I'm known for like, if you actually talk to everybody that works with our vision slash BTM plus at school, like, you know, and then you talk about the wrestling guys, it's, it's me and Lou. So I kind of got that, I got, I got that cool notion when I go back to school, which is kind of cool. Very cool. Very cool. You mentioned Rutgers wrestling so much. Uh, have you ever played in their golf outing by chance? No, but I will, I, I will tell you a funny story because this, this, this is when, um, 
So I know, I know Coach Goodale, uh, I, I mean, I got to know him really well over the past couple of years. He's a big golfer. He's, yep. pretty, he's, pretty, he's pretty good when he, play, when he plays a lot. Obviously, he hasn't been playing a lot lately, but he's right. getting out there now. But I played – it was near the end of my sophomore year, my buddy Dylan from the station and my other buddy Lance and our other friend Gabe. We all, we're all at the station together. We all, we're all, like, the only golfers pretty much at the station at the time. So we, we decided to go, all right, let's do a foursome. Let's go out. Like, you know, it was like May. It was, it was near Dylan's graduation. So he wanted to do something fun. I was like, all right, let's do a WRSU golf outing. So it was the four of us played a foursome. We played behind – I think we played behind Goodale. And I think at the time, um, this is when uh, – so Anthony Ashnall, who's a Rutgers national champion, the four-time All-American. Okay. His older brother, Billy, used to work for the team. Um, as the director of operations, I think so. I think it was Goodell, Billy Ashnell, and then uh, I think they were in front of us. I think behind us, was like our tea times got like sandwiched, and then behind us was Coach Leonardis and I think Coach Pollard were out there. Maybe even Coach Putzoff were out there. So we had like all the wrestling guys. It was pretty much a mini. Oh, oh yeah, we, 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 golf all out. the wrestling guys in front of us and behind us. And you know, mind you, like Dylan and I broadcasted wrestling. Mike wasn't out there with us, but. Dylan and I were out there. We're just like, how about this? We, like, we don't have to pay to go into their golf outing this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just play behind them, but yeah, of course, we didn't know them as well uh, at that year. But it was it, that that was kind of funny. So I I did see their um, their golf prowess a little little early on. Before yeah. That, <laughs> the reason I brought up one of my coworkers, uh, he went to high school, I believe, childhood friend with one of the coaches. I don't know which what the name is, but I know he always annually plays in the Rutgers wrestling golf outing. He looks yeah. every year, takes off from work, and he always comes back with some kind of swag. I think they're the ringers there. Um, I don't know if he plays with coach, but he plays every every single year. So that's why I wanted to know. I can imagine. Oh, I mean, if you go to one of those things, I mean, uh, uh, Goody has no problem throwing out, you know, a Rutgers wrestling shirt, maybe a hat or something. He'll get that merchandise out there all the time, absolutely. So the one I was looking forward to talking to you about, uh, the reason we kind of got to the table with, with Jim here is you've done a lot of firsts, a lot of first teams, a lot of inaugural years. We'll talk about the one, the new, new team. Um, the NJ flight, but let's talk about the old new team, the Atlantic City Blackjacks, man. That was an exciting run for a first-year uh, expansion team in the Arena Football League. Yeah, man, it really was. And uh, I figured I had, to wear, I had to wear the team polo yeah, here, uh, uh, today just to kind of rock it. I still have it in my drawer. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. I, I first heard about it, um, I want to say, early January of 2019. So that's you know, over a year ago now. It might have been a little bit earlier, but um, I went to – I heard, first heard about it from our – I was still doing I was still doing more fill-in stuff for 97.3 uh, at this point last year. This is before the Blackjacks were even a thing. Um, so our program director, um, station, station manager, Mike Gilly, came up to me. He's like, yeah, you, you know, there's a um, – there's, there's going to be a arena football team in Atlantic City. I was like, really? I didn't hear anything about that. He's like, yeah, they're, they're working on it, and they're about to, like, announce expansion soon. I was like, all right, cool. Um so I think he said at that point they were going to try to maybe work something out. I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then when they, when, before they formally announced the expansion that they were going to come to Atlantic city, they were like, yeah, you know, Mike, Mike told me, he was like, I'm looking, they're looking for a play, play guy. And I recommended you. I said, Oh, well, thank you very much. So then um, he recommended me. And then I got to talk with um, our, you know, the Albany CEO, COO, uh, George, he was our acting COO. So I got to talk to him. Um, first, I got on the phone with them. Um, they threw my name out there. I was like, all right, cool. So then I went to Boardwalk Hall, went for an interview, just to sit down with him. He was like, he was in the middle of like meeting with like some of the league executives, like just to get the team up and running. And then the first, I remember the first thing he said to me, he goes, he goes, I'm glad you wore a suit today. It's very professional. And I'm thinking about, in my head, I'm like, 
you don't expect people to wear suits to an interview. What else? What else? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was in a suit too. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, I mean, what did you expect? I was gonna come here in like what shorts and a t-shirt or something. <laughs> so I, I think like right off the bat, he was like, okay, this guy's probably gonna be my broadcaster. <laughs> so um, I interviewed with them. It went really well. And then I, I, I think I, I figured if I sent him my tape beforehand or after, I think I sent it to him before. He said he like listened to it a little bit. He's like, it sounded pretty good. We're gonna go back and listen to it again. And I said, all right, cool. So then um, I interviewed with him. I think middle of January. And then I go on a trip to a quick trip to Miami with my two friends. Um, is our one buddy, uh, was going to move out to like move out to Louisiana for the army. So we decided, all right, let's do a little boy, do a little boys trip for a couple of days, went to Miami. And then I, I remember waking up like the middle of the trip. It was like noon. I woke up from like, it was a nap or something, you know, after, after a nap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I woke up and then, uh, I woke up to a phone call and I don't have the number saved, but it says maybe, you know, George Manius. And I was like, oh, oh God. So what's that? What's that mean? So I answered the phone. I had to like clear my throat. Like I put it on music, <clears throat> no, clear my throat and <laughs> got ready. I was like, hello. And then he said, and then he basically he offered me the job. I was like, absolutely. So I was, I was like trying to play it cool. Then I was, and I was like, all right, cool. I got the job, called my family, told my buddy, Eric, who's also taking a nap. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I told him and we're like, all right, we know what we're doing tonight. So obviously we, we celebrated a little bit and that was cool. Then, you know, like you said, it was, the, you know, being an expansion team was really cool because I always followed the arena league for a long time since I was little. Um, and I was always a big fan of Philadelphia. Um, yep. and then when the league came back and then they had it, they had a game Philadelphia and Vegas, uh, I think it was 2016. I want to say roughly or 15 played at Borwell call, right? Yeah, they played a board. Yeah, it was nope. like eight thousand people at Boardwalk Hall. Philadelphia played a special, like it was called the Boardwalk Bowl. It was Jaworski mm-hmm. or uh, Ron Jaworski organized it? Mm-hmm. So the Las Vegas franchise, franchise at the time came to Boardwalk Hall. So they're like, all right, this will make. They they planned on making it an annual thing where they Philly and Vegas would play in Atlantic City, and then the next year they play in Vegas, or they would right. try to do somewhere they have like a home and home during the year, one game in Atlantic City, one game in Vegas, and do that every year. Of course, Vegas folded after one year, and then they never really did it again. But I was like, this could be really cool if. I remember thinking then this could be really cool if Atlantic city had an arena football team. Then they sure enough, they had one and they ended up striking a broadcast deal with our station. I was like, yes, yeah, sign me up once I got the job. And then obviously, you know, it, you know one thing, led, one thing led to another, they announced the team name. And then, um, you know, working with, you know, Jimmy will tell you, working with him, uh, Caitlin and Ariel and all our front office people and everybody in the organization was great. You know, once I got more leeway to change my schedule around to attend practices and then get ready for the coaches show and the games every week. I got to know the players really well. Obviously, you know, our, our, our little front office gang was like, you know, the, the, the go-to hangout because we were, I think we were the smallest front office last year compared to everybody else. Technically three people. I was, I, I didn't have a desk. I didn't have an office. I was, I was part-time. So I was, uh, I'm, I'm like, so you can call it like three and a half people if you want. So um, yeah, no, it, but it was really cool. The fact that, you know, did something local, um, got that local flavor. People were excited for it. And it was just, you know, obviously it was just, it was just a damn shame that, you know, the, you know, it, they, they made it sound like at first that the te- all the teams lost money, which wasn't the case, particularly for us. You know, it may have not looked like it, but we, I mean, to be honest, we had, to get, we had to give out a lot of free tickets to, you know, get people in the seats last year, but we were making money. And from what I was getting from, uh, you know, from Jimmy, from our new COO at the end of the year and towards the early parts of the fall, we had new sponsorships lined up. We had money coming in, and it was going to be an exciting 2020 season. And then that's when the league got sued again uh, by an old insurance company from you know the previous regime. And then they had, they made the teams close once the once the teams shut their doors, uh, all six of them. I was like, look, the, the, the expansion's not coming. Yeah. Um. I knew there were and actually I knew there was going to be a problem sort of when they did not announce the expansion on time. They delayed yeah. that by like two months. So I was like, red flag. Really 
Um, so they delayed that. They eventually shut the doors. The team was like, all right, I know they're talking about, you know, they'll do a traveling league. I said, that's not going to happen. They don't, they don't have the means to do that. So when the league shut down, I knew it was a league issue. And, you know, at, at the time I was very disappointed because I lost a gig and obviously everybody else lost a gig too. So I was like, I mean, this really sucks because we had, everyone was, you know, to use our slogan, everyone was all in for next year. So hmm. it, it stunk, but, you know, after a while got over it and you know, just kept plugging along. And then that's when I eventually got my full-time gig uh, at 24 seven sports a couple months later. So look, transition, I'm still broadcasting, so I can't really complain too much, yeah. but you know, but it, it, it's cool to always look back on, you know, I'm on my phone, all the gear I still have. So it's yeah. cool. I, I still, I keep in touch with some of the players too, which is really nice. Yeah. It was a good time for all of us. I mean, I know you guys have a, have a ton of great stories. What's your, is there one story between you two, whether it was like on the field, off the field, one. is there like I just, one story? I, 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 I think I already know where Jimmy's going with this. I'll let him tell a story. Are you going to DC? No, no, no. no. Okay. We, we kind of, you kind of, sparked my memory when you said the, the the call on the cell phone but when we went to albany yeah we went to albany um underdogs going in it was a hell of a game i think we lost by a couple points but two points two, two points. points yeah so i had to you know bring your radio equipment on every trip uh, i was in charge of the charge of the box and all that <laughs> setting up in the booth these are like bleacher seats like Terrible seating. Like, we didn't have a booth there. It was just, like, in a section. Six-foot table. Yeah, the top just, of or something. Just pretty like, much. And But it was the same thing for Albany's broadcast team, so I didn't feel – I didn't, like, feel as shitty. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> and then I don't even know what happened, but we, we started to – we would go – before the game started, we would do our ritual, go up, set up all the wires. You would do your thing. And then technical difficulties struck, and we couldn't get the feed to – to back at the station to broadcast it on the radio. And what did you, what did you and coffee wind up having to do? So, all right. So, yes. Yeah, so, so Jimmy, so Jimmy mentions a ritual. So just like a little, a quick, like just a quick uh, little backstory with Jimmy and I always had a ritual where like, you know, so, so coffee was my color analyst, coffee Jones, who's my color analyst. He would, he always came by himself. Like, he, he works for jaws personally. So he would come on his own. We would meet up, cool, do the game, hang out a little bit. But uh, you know, J- Jimmy and I traveled together with the team. So it's been taking on the road. We would, I would, um, we were, sorry, we would both come up to the booth. I would set up the equipment. Once it was set up, connect to the station, boom, we're good. Text coffee, like, all right, man, we're good. Just meet me here at X time so we can do our, do the pregame, then get right into the broadcast. So Jimmy and I would be all good. I'd be like, yo, and then Jimmy has to set up his stuff. We're like, all right, we're cool. We're all good. So then we would do that. We would go down. Uh, go down to the field. Or first of all, Jimmy and I are scouring for food. Like we always go to the media. <laughs> always yeah, try trying to get some kind of food. Oh, I get something. So and then uh, we always do that. And then go to the locker room, hang out with the guy. Not really hang out with the guys, but like you know, talk to some of the guys. Go on the field, watch them warm up, and then just kind of like you know, do whatever we have to do down there. But this time, so Jimmy mentions the technical difficulties, and so we can't connect back to the station. Uh, we had this problem in Philadelphia, where they, they it's like something where it's like an unknown, I don't know the exact technical term, but it's like an unknown signal or unknown hardwire connection from an, from equipment that's trying to go through like one of their security firewalls. Philadelphia did it to us twice, but they put it down. The second time was worse, but like they eventually put it down and we got through Albany for some reason could not do it. I call. So, so George was our acting COO, but he's also Albany COO like first. So I told him, I was like, look, you get your IT guys down here. Like we can't do this. So we would actually would get connected a couple of times, but the problem was it would, for some reason, when we got connected, it would kick off the Albany broadcast from their connection, which made no sense. I'm like, I'm like, look, it's, I mean, and I even explained, I, I even said this to the IT guys. I'm like, I said, look, I'm no IT guy. I've no, I don't know the first thing about this stuff. I just want to turn it on and connect it right. and, you know, troubleshoot it maybe a little bit. 
we, we've had firewall issues, quote unquote, with other places. And they just say, all right, and they, they just turn the security off and we're in and everything's fine. And they're like, oh, well, we don't do anything about that. We don't know anything about that. I'm like, uh, okay. So they worked on, I think, for like 90 minutes, maybe two hours. And mind you, mind you, Jimmy and I are always in the booth three hours before kickoff. Mm-hmm. And like, I have that thing set up, you know, two and a half hours at, at the early or at the latest set up before a broadcast. They can't do it. Anytime we get a connection, it kicks Albany off. And then they eventually were like, well, we're not going to kick off our home broadcast. I'm like, well, yeah, I know that. But, like, there's a way to get us on. Just do it. Like, I don't know, I don't know what the problem is. Yeah. There, there were some sparks flying up in that booth. It got heated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it got, I, heated. I, I was, it got I was, heated. I, was, I, I, I think Jeremy, to throw hands? Were you holding him back? Yeah, kind of. He was getting, he was getting pissed like off. Ron Burgundy. I was, oh, I, was, I was getting heated. Um, I, 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 I mean – I didn't. I didn't almost break it by. Like, I, I. I almost broke Jimmy's phone. I thought it was my phone. <laughs> Jimmy's like, all right. He's like, look, I'll give you a hotspot off my phone. I'm like, all right. All right, all right. Try the hotspot. Hotspot's working, but we're not connected to his hotspot. Then I, then I was so pissed. I like, he's got a case on. All right, so I like, I like casually toss out on the on the table. Chuck his phone. Oh, what you oh, say? I, remember, oh, and I was like, <laughs> I can. I hear him <laughs> saying, like, Jimmy, like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was like, I was like. I was so out of sorts. And then, so I, then I, I was like, Oh my God, I can get a broadcast. And then I went to George and I was like, what are we just not going to broadcast? He's like, I'm sorry. I nothing that I can do. I'm like, okay. So I, I didn't, I didn't pick a fight with him. And then I go to coffee. I'm like, coffee, do you have your laptop? And do you have a camera? He goes, I, I had mine too, but like, I don't think for some reason we had to use his, I forget why. I think it's because he had a different camera and a different setup. So I was like, call get your laptop. He's like, yeah, it's in my car. I'm like, Go get it. <laughs> Go get it right now. And then I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to Facebook live this. Just turn the camera towards the field. If you have a mic, we're going to use it. He's like, yeah, I got a little, he's like, he has a little lapel mic. I'm like, all right, we're going to use that. So turn the camera from your laptop Sign around up. and broadcast the game. I'm, we're going to do it just like we're doing on radio. So then I called my producer, Josh, back in the studio. I was like, look, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do Facebook live. I'm going to use a lapel mic. We're going to share it. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to broadcast the game like normal. It's going to sound like radio. You can watch the game if you're on Facebook Live, but just take the Facebook Live feed from the board in the studio off the computer and play it like it's on FM. That's what he did. So he broadcast. So the game sounded like it was on radio, but it just went through Facebook Live. It was on a bit of a delay, but that's what we had to do. And we broadcast the game. I think we missed like the first possession. That's what we missed. It was the first possession. That was it. I think what we did back in studio, I think Josh like replayed our coach's show from earlier in the week. Only missed the first possession. We got on air. We explained, and we're just like, you know, I didn't exactly explain why, but I was like, we had some technical difficulties. I was going to ask you what the intro was. Yeah. Hey, I got Jim's phone and almost got in a fight with an IT guy. Uh, anyway, we're live now. Welcome yeah, I, I, almost threw, I almost threw an IT guy, you know, from like 100 feet up uh, down the field. But yeah, no, I'm literally holding a lapel mic just like this. I have no headphones, so I can't hear any cues from the studio. I can't and you just and I, I'm like two rows back, like oh, just look look at him and coffee. Just pass this little mic with a laptop. Yeah, He's the other like, the only way coffee can talk is if I give him the mic. So I'm like I'm holding it. And I'm like I'll set him up for his analysis. I'll be like no, say whatever, 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 and I'll I'll just hold it like this. <laughs> and then he would say something, and I go back to me. And even coffee took a video of it, and it's still on my Instagram somewhere. He like put it on his story, but he's oh, like he's like so he's like turning water into wine. It was so great. And then that's what I mean. That aside, other than like our little like you know our little back and forth with Albany all year, that's the reason why. And Jimmy can tell you this that we wanted to win that game so bad on the mm-hmm. road. Albany ended up winning the Arena Bowl anyway. And our uh, backup quarterback, Warren Smith, he ended up starting for the rest of the year because our other quarterback, Randy, was got hurt. Yeah. So Warren was dropping 
dimes all over the place. Oh, wow. I think he threw seven touchdowns in that awesome. game. It was, was awesome when he came. Oh, it was absurd. Yep. But, oh, we lost by two, and I was so, I was so pissed afterwards. But like, you know what? Jimmy and I, uh, Ariel and Caitlin, we all we all stayed an extra night in Albany. And, you know, we, 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 had, we had a good the next day. We took a long road trip back home the next day. So that's why you guys were so pitted against Albany. It wasn't the on the field stuff. It wasn't the it wasn't the you know co ownership rivalry. It was it was there's a little bit of that, but that but it was more so. There was after that happened embedded. It was deep after that for sure. Oh yeah, it was just it boiled it boiled over after that. Yeah, but um, I mean, what other great? We had a lot of just the road trips were great. You know, yeah, having those those beers right off the bus. Nothing tastes as good as a nice cold. Oh, One cool beer. thing you mentioned, like being in touch with some of the guys still, and I know Jim is too, and just being able to follow him on Instagram. I mean, it seemed it was so much more accessible. You guys would go down on the field before the game. I'm sure, like they would kind of give you some insight that you could probably use in your commentary. Oh yeah, um, that was that was an awesome aspect of of the arena league for at least from the fan perspective too. Like the post games, being able to go down on the field with the guys, right. mm-hmm. um, just a lot more personal. So that was one of the cool things that. There wasn't a bad seat in the house either. Like we, once you got in there. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the insight I got. I would actually talk to our offensive coordinator Shane Stafford, who used to play quarterback in the league for a long time, and he was he was one of the coolest dudes ever. So I, he would actually sometimes go over his last minute game plans in our front office office. So then I would go into, uh, I would sit there, I would just chill, I would talk to him a little bit, and then be like, you know. And then we would actually chit chat a little bit about like what he was going to be calling in terms of an offensive game plan that day. Yeah. And obviously, I wouldn't like spoil it on the air during the pregame or even right. during the broadcast. But I would even set up coffee sometimes, either during pregame or during at, like after a play where I I kind of knew what was coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't predict it. Like you know, I can't predict it like Tony Romo, but I right. I, I, I kind of knew what was coming or what they were going to do for, uh, at this point in the game. And I would set them up, and it would just make for some some great back and forth conversation. And also, it would just I mean, even if I didn't use it, it would just give me a great insight as to what they were doing. And why it was happening, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it made me feel more a part of, like, the actual game plan and the team aspect yeah. of it. So, I mean, yeah, I think Jimmy did too, but we would um, sit in on some of their meetings, like offensive-defensive meetings, and just see what they're actually looking at on film mm-hmm. and what they're going to go over for a certain game plan for that week against, you know, it could be Columbus, it could be Albany, it could be Philly, you know. So that was really cool just to be like, you know, I haven't really watched film or gone over game plans since I, since I played in high school. Yeah. And even then, I was only a lineman, and, you know, I'm a 17-year-old kid, so it's like, how much I mean, – Reach I'm, left, I'm, reach unless you're, going D, unless you're going D1 in yeah. any position, like, how much film are you really going to be, like yeah. – like, are you going to be into film at 17 years old? So, yeah. it, it, but that, that was really cool. So, segue, any more blackjacks? Any more blackjack stories you guys have? That was – I mean, that was great. It was it was a great run. Uh, year, great year, year, year two, what do you mean? Great experience, yeah. Uh, year, I mean, all I could say is, just to conclude it, year two was going to be good. Um, if everything had gone the way it was supposed to go, there would have been two or three more teams for 2020, so we would have had eight or nine teams. I think like, I think, I think the finalists were um, – I know Na- I know Nashville was one of them. Wow, I think – You guys um, were taking many naps in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, oh. many naps in Nashville. <laughs> Nashville, I think Louisville was another one, and then I th- – think uh, i i actually i haven't written down somewhere but i know nashville and louisville were the were two of the expansion mm-hmm. cities for 2020 so i knew 2020 was gonna be good but you know, everything happened you know everything happens for a reason so it's yeah for it's sure whatever at this point. Yep. yeah well, yeah all i could say is you know just to, you know i always say it you know atlantic city was on its way up there it's not another franchise in atlantic city that failed it was one that was very successful it just happened the lead the league failed atlantic yeah. city. that's that that's why i like to leave it 
yeah, it showed that it, that it could work. And like you said, when one door closes, another one opens. And one that opened up, we talked about 24-7 sports a little earlier. And, of course, kind of on a delay right now with what's going on in the world. But uh, the Jersey flight in a different arena league, you want to talk a little bit about that? But what you were gearing up for before, you know, the season probably got put on hold? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I reached out to them. And um, speaking of familiarity, like, for instance, like, like Warren, our quarterback from last year, he's, he's on the Jersey flight. So he's okay. one of our quarterbacks. So and I know a couple of the guys from uh, – now, now, now that I've been able to talk to them a little bit more, so I've been able to – or interviewing them, and I've been able to get to know some of the guys. But, like, you know, like Warren and Danny Southwick, who played in the Arena League last year, they are our, they are our two quarterbacks this year. So I got to know um, Danny a little bit more, and I got to know a bunch of other players. But, yeah, I got to um, – you know, I noticed that Jersey still had a football team in, in, in an arena league. This is the National Arena League. And I think at this point now the AFL is folded. A lot of those AFL guys either switched to the IFL or came to the NAL or just don't play anymore, mm-hmm. um, at least for this year for the indoor league. Um, but a lot of the AFL guys just went over to the NAL. And the NAL does have former AFL franchises. So I would say as far as, like, traditional arena football, the NAL is probably the top dog in terms of the indoor leagues, that, uh, in terms of the indoor leagues now. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it was good. I reached out to – I think it was uh, Harrison Brown who actually – I didn't realize it was the same Harrison Brown who did uh, arena football media coverage last yeah. year for, like, Philly, uh, Washington, okay. and, and um, Atlantic City. He's, like – he's our media guy for Jersey now. No so, I didn't realize it was him. So, I reached out to him – or actually, no, first, first I reached out to Warren. I was like, do you have a number for Coach Foster, for your head coach, uh, Terry Foster? So, I reached out to Coach, and then I got a call from Harrison – um about is I inquired I was like look I don't know what your setup is but um if you guys want to play by play broadcaster I did Lanxy last year I I've done football for a couple years now so I know the game I know football I think I'm a good broadcaster so if you want to try me out and we'll do something they're like hey absolutely so there there, there wasn't really any formal pro there wasn't any formal interview I kind of just got the gig by inquiring about it so yeah. you know it, you, t- you take a chance and something happens. So I was, lo- I was looking forward to it. You know, they, they play up in trend at the Cure Auto Arena. So yeah, okay. I was going to ask. And, um, I, I, I don't know if I was going to travel this year with them. Obviously the league's a little bit different and the finances are set up differently, but I was at least going to be, you know, broadcasting the six home games. If I was going to travel with them, you know, I would go to like, you know, West Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, uh, not, not Columbus, Ohio, like last year, um, <laughs> Columbus, Georgia, Jacksonville, Orlando, Massachusetts. So um, uh, it, it was looking good on paper. Then obviously you know, the whole, the whole pandemic swept in. So, we really couldn't do anything about it. Um, so all we're doing right now is just doing um, – I'm interviewing the coaches and the players. You know, we're doing like one one a week or one you – know, once every week or week and a half we're doing one. Of course, we're putting them up. We've done, I think we've done seven now. I'm doing one tomorrow night with uh, two brothers, Eric and Robert Brown. Uh, they're, it's a receiver and defensive back. Um, so that's basically what we're doing for content right now. Um, it was going to be the same thing pretty much as last year. It was going to be TV, though, streamed okay. um, with the um, Sports Fan Base Network. Um, they, and they, they do a bunch of high school sports throughout Jersey and um, Pennsylvania and whatnot. So, and I know the guy Ari who runs it. So it, it was going to be cool to do that. And when, and I think like, coffee was basically set up to be my color analyst this year as well. I mean, if we sell the season, it still remains to be seen if he's going to be doing it with me, but he was set up to be my color analyst again. And we were going to do, you know, it was basically a TV broadcast. So it was kind of like a step up this year. So yeah, cool. that was going to be really cool, but you know, um, if it happens this year, great. If not, then you know, hopefully uh, if I'm still around in this area, depending upon what my job status is with 24-7 sports and what other broadcasting gigs I do. So um, I'm looking forward to it next year if we have to wait till 2021. But um, if we happen to play next month, start next month, then I'm, I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to it. So it's, it's, it's more arena football, and I know people are star for sports. Yeah, man, we're, we're looking forward to it. And like you said, whether it's this year or next year, uh, we'll be sure to – 
be sure to be following and uh, we'll tune in video video sounds awesome that's doing cool. doing tv streams oh yeah absolutely so you get they have this mug on t on camera now which is unfortunate. That's, a that's a facebook camera come on you're yeah, ready absolutely yeah face for radio baby <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick, thanks for coming on. Don't take too much of your time. Really appreciate uh, some of the insight you gave. Blackjacks, um, the Blackjack stories with Jim are awesome. And uh, we'll be sure to throw up uh, a link or a connection to the 24-7 sports articles. Excited to see yeah, that man. one drop drop later this week. Yeah, man, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you, man. Uh, what, what, what do you want me to call you? Ryan, you want me to call you Diver? Are we, are we on that day? Most people call me Ryan or my parents. Your first name doesn't even exist anymore. I lost it. That's all good, man. Well, I appreciate you, Jim. Great seeing you again, man. Hopefully um, hopefully, I'm down in Florida. If, 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 yeah, there's hey, no when you're here, let us know. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be down in Florida within a month or two. I mean, we'll uh, – We'll, we'll, we'll shoot the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, love that. We'll take a nap afterwards. Yeah, we'll take a nap. Yeah, so take, take, we'll take a nap. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. All right, boys. Thank you very much. Later, man. Loved having Nick on and hearing his experiences from Atlantic City Blackjacks. Had some great stories with Jimbo, talking about his time currently with Rutgers Big Ten Network, uh, as well as 24-7 Sports. So definitely we'll throw up an article from him and his 24-7 uh, Sports post but uh nick thanks for coming on man deves this guy's on 97.3 espn radio Is here and there true? here and there. He, he's a jack of all trades man he's a no jack what? of all trades he has his hand in pretty much everything that's cool that's you know jack of all trades master of nothing and that's you know that's cool not a bad guilty thing. guilty yeah yeah absolutely nick thanks thank you very much for coming on man that was uh that was awesome very informative and i, I believe i've seen you in a couple of those, uh, seen oh, him in a couple of those. Black we, we were, we were season ticket members. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that, dude. What was that? 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. Last year. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Time flies. That's crazy. We know it's crazy. Episode 38. Um, again, different episode from us. We'll be back better than ever for episode 39. And, um, hope you guys are all well out there in the world. Thank you so much for listening. Their money got me wearing fly. Girl, but I ain't asking. They say they love my ass and seven jeans to religion. I say no, but they keep giving. So I keep on taking. And no, I ain't taking. We can keep on taking. I keep on demonstrating my love. My love, my love, my love. You love my lady lumps. My hump, my hump, my hump. My humps, they got you. Got you.